Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church. With me, as always, is my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Jeff Luddington. How you doing, Jeff? I am doing really well today. I like this. We're in this uh, talking about eternity. Really good stuff. I think it's been interesting. Uh, I think the questions are great. I think they're super common. So I enjoy this. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I mean, what could be better than sitting around and, as you know, the great theologian Vinnie Hankey said, just casting pods. There you just go. Just the two casting of us hanging pods. out and casting pods. <laughs> so we're in the middle of our series. I keep saying the middle, but I don't know how long this is going to go on. So we could be just scratching the, the surface, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somewhere between the beginning and the end there we go. of the questions in the classroom series. If you're new to this, uh, Jeff and I are both teaching Bible classes at Valley Christian High School. I also teach some math classes. Um, I've experienced years of having kids ask questions. Uh, Jeff has been taking questions from his students and just some some great things to think about and work through. And so we're just including some of these today. Uh, As we mentioned, kind of a continuation of what we've been working on. The questions today are this. Do people go straight to heaven or will heaven be created when Jesus returns? Is there a time that heaven is coming? Um, When we die, do we immediately go to heaven the other question asks, is there some sort of waiting place? Like, do we wait somewhere until Jesus returns? And then another question thrown in, is there any other type of afterlife besides heaven and hell? Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Yes. So great questions. Lots of people ask a lot of this. And so I want to remind people, last week we told them that uh, this week I wanted to remember a verse from last week that says, I was talking about uh, folks eternally uh, gives some, a list of some sins. It says, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And we just brought up last week in, in passing that we, there is a second death. And so uh, with a first death, that would be clearly our physical death. Our body dies, right? And then there is a second death. And so the second death is the eternal one. And so in Scripture, we're pointed forward in time to both a second de- death and a second resurrection. And so the first resurrection needs to be explained a little bit. We understand first death, the first resurrection. So the, the first thing that takes place in the life of a believer only, right, is when they are made alive with Christ. That's Paul's language in like Ephesians 1. You know, we who were dead in our sins have been made alive in Christ, right? And so it talks about a second resurrection. So when we are made alive because of Christ's resurrection. We are spiritually alive, regenerate, born again, whatever you want to put in there, right? Now we are alive and we await this time in the future. Everything points us forward in time. Like Revelation 20 says, blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. So we're pointed forward in time to this judgment where you either are in Christ, as we talked about last week, or you will be penalized for your sins. No one apart from Christ can go to heaven, and no one who is in Christ is held accountable for their sins. So otherwise, you're defined by your sin and sent into the lake of fire eternally. Right, so looking back at uh, Revelation, we were in Revelation last time, Mm -hmm. um, 
eternity seems to hinge on, on this judgment right. that's coming. So uh, Revelation 20, verses 12 through 15, the title on there comes from uh, Judgment Before the Great White Throne. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Yeah, so eternity, right? And this is what we spent our time on last time. What does it look like in heaven? That's eternally, right? And so here's what we need to hear that's, that's written clearly in here, and some of it's misunderstood. Death and Hades, that's not hell, right? So Hades is often misinterpreted as hell. Hades was seen as like this, almost like soul sleep, I've heard it called, or it was an intermediary state. So death is what happens to our bodies. Hades was this intermediary thing, right? Those two things are thrown into hell. So those are gotten rid of, right? So this makes it future for sure, right? Those two things. And by the way, when Hades was Greek, hell was Gehenna, right? The lake of fire. And so it tells us about a time, again, the judgment, where two books, basically two sets of books are are opened and one is what you've done in this life which is sin right the other is the book of life and so those who are written in the book of life are alive so first resurrection second resurrection they're alive right so they're spiritually alive but they've died their physical bodies had to die because this body this mortal flesh that we're in is corrupted by sin so it can't live forever that was a part of the curse to Adam this flesh must die but if we are alive in Christ, what can take away our life? Nothing, right? So spiritually alive, physically we die. And then we get to this place for the second resurrection where we get a new body that can become all those physical things we talked about last week, or the second death, which is final and consuming lake of fire. And we get lots of, uh, to be frank, scary, eternal imagery, right? So heaven and hell based on Jesus alone, and then this space in between where our physical bodies die, but if we're alive in Christ, still have a spirit that's alive, but everybody else just dead. Right, so let's look at what uh, Paul has to say about this in 2 Corinthians. Uh, this is one, uh, just a great verse. A lot of people love this, this verse, but I think sometimes it's a little bit misunderstood as sure. well, something that's difficult to grasp. Uh, from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 6 through 10, we're going to be reading the uh, ESV version. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So it seems like there's this time, this understanding, a time, like you said, in the middle, mm -hmm. where when a Christian dies, they are, their spirit is apart from the body and with Christ, right. body is, is asleep mm -hmm. or dead. Um, it reminds me of just the, the thief on the cross where Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise, not body, right, right but spirit. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so uh, what we have to understand is those who are, and again, and we don't, we're not reading this, and, and I didn't 
I wasn't thinking about this so much before we started recording, but in Ephesians 1, Paul paints this narrative, this picture of what you are in sin before you're in Christ and what you are in Christ, and he uses death and resurrection, or death and life. So you who were dead in your sins have been made alive in Christ, right? And so now you're alive. And so those who are not in Christ have nothing living. They have a living body now, no spiritual life. And so when they die, what they do have, this physical body, dies, but they have no spiritual life to do anything with. So they wait the second at the judgment, the second death. But those who have been made alive in Christ, then we get this image of being present with God. And that, that language comes from the, the most common way people quote this verse comes out of the New King James, and the, the King James sounds similar, but uh, he says this, for we are always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So it gives us this image to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That could point all the way forward to eternity post-judgment, but most believe this is what happens to that made alive spirit that was via the Holy Spirit through regeneration, right? Made alive, born again, that is attached now to God eternally. Well, that gives us a place for it. So not in heaven, heaven's not here yet, that waits the judgment, but with God. That, like you brought up, so the, the, the thief on the cross asked Jesus, hey, can I go with you into your kingdom? And so what he says is, today you'll be with me in paradise. So today, see, you're asking, you're my answering you. Now you're in Christ. Now your spirit's alive. You'll be with me in paradise. But it's not the eternal version that we all know isn't yet physical, you know, new heaven, new earth, new city, new Jerusalem, like we talked about in the last episode. Great. Yeah. And Paul also adds in, in 1 Thessalonians, um, just something very encouraging and something, but again, something that, that some people tend to misunderstand. So we'll explain it uh, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 15, the coming of the Lord. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do with no, or who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by, by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So talks about again that's this yeah. this time the second second judgment or second coming not second judgment second um, resurrection second death. Right. Um, that brings up the question too from some of our students: um, Are there other afterlifes besides heaven and hell? Is there anything else that's there? Right. And so this, um, how do I say this? So the challenge of understanding first resurrection, second resurrection, first death, first death, second death, uh, brought with it challenge theologically, right? The intermediary state became a theological conversation. And so to understand first life being a spiritual life and the first death being a physical death and, and then adjoined to eternity, something second that happens, sleep was used. That No, they've fallen asleep. Jesus says that in his ministry. No, she's just fallen asleep. And then he wakes, you know, he raises her to life. Now that, you know, like that Talitha Kulum, right? That kind of thing. So they went on and died again, right? Lazarus, who he raised back to life, went on and died again. They still suffered a, a physical death. Uh, those who have died um, 
waiting the second death are also called asleep. But this one talks about believers, like you're pointing out, right? And so those who have gone before us, those who are asleep, and he uses the word asleep twice, now for believers instead of non-believers. And so it reminds us that our bodies have to die, right? So Paul's told us to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord gives us this idea that our living spirit that is adjoined to God is with God awaiting that, but our bodies have fallen asleep. And so wrestling through that, uh, only one strand of the church uh, came up with the answer yes. And so uh, the answer is no. Heaven and hell are the only eternal states. There is a question about the intermediary state. Now, you've got to back up, and it's, there's a book called the second, the second Book of Maccabees. There's four Maccabees, right? And, and most people don't know what those are. So if you look at Judaism... Uh, by about 200 years before Jesus was born in human flesh, Judaism had a complete Torah, a complete Tanakh, actually, like the, what we, you and I call the Old Testament. They put it together. Some of other writings had already been written, like some of the Maccabees were starting to be put together, all that, right? And, and Maccabees is actually a really good historical book, but it's not Bible, right? So then the, the tr- Jesus comes, the apostles come, the first century church lives out what they write about, and then Christians have the New Testament joined to the Old Testament. That's the Christian canon of Scripture. Long after that, hundreds of years after that, others wanted to join what they call the intertestamental books, right? Again, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th Maccabees. In 2nd Maccabees, late in the book, there is uh, this chapter that is told where Roman Catholicism has built an idea of purgatory, right? So they built an intermediary state, Uh, that will help get you to heaven. Those who die in faith but still have some sins that need to be polished off of them will have that opportunity. So here's our answer. As Protestant Christians, no. No others. Judgment, heaven, or hell, right? And the reason for that is, is not just that it's built out of a book that's not biblical, although that ought to be enough, but the idea theologically is that Jesus is what covers sin. Roman Catholicism actually views atonement differently. Jesus dies for Edemic sin, the sin we inherit, but then our works, what we do after we come to faith, penance, confession, uh, last rites, and even purgatory, help us work off our sins. Protestant Christianity does not adhere to that, no form of Protestant Christianity, right? Jesus covers our sin, Jesus alone, not by works, obviously, says James and says Paul, right? So, says Jesus. That that should be good enough, right? So just heaven or hell because it's based on Christ alone. Right. So when Jesus on the cross says, it is finished, he didn't say, my part is finished. Now go do your part. Right. Now suck it up. Go do yours. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. So it is finished. Tetelestai, that famous, famous proclamation from the cross. Sin is atoned for, right? That's what he's talking about. Sin is atoned for. And then it says, you know, into your hands I commit my spirit, he breathes his last, he goes, and he is with God, right? And we've talked about this in a different series about how Jesus didn't go to hell. And there's a whole bunch of problems with that. One, he already said it's finished. Two, he said he'd be with the, the, the thief in paradise that day. And three, he said it's finished. I don't, I, the, the atonement for sin is complete, right? And so it kind of blows up all those things, including a need for purgatory. Right. And what an uh, incredible amount of comfort and, and hope that brings, yeah. not knowing you don't have to continue to pay for your sins yeah. after. Yeah. And, and on that note, comfort, hope, right? Um, today and, and for a while now, 
lots of Christians have struggled. And it's a certain version of Christian. It's a certain end times theology, right? And at some point, we're going to do episodes on the four main views of the end and, and you know, where we fit and, and why we believe what we believe. Um, but right where you left off in 1 Thessalonians 4, now remember, Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica. They have been being persecuted and they're being martyred and they're a little fearful that they missed the second coming. That's, that's really what he's writing to them about. So he encourages them. He says, listen, you didn't miss anything. Those who have died for their faith, they've gone ahead. They're with God. They'll be with us. We're going to join them, right? But he also says this. 1 Corinthians uh, 5.1 is, it says this. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. He says around these end times, around when or what or how or, you know, what do you have to, you don't need anything written to you, right? Like I've told you, you're secure in Christ. So for all those who are listening, who worry about the mark of the beast, who worry about the tribulation, who are worry about all those things, by the way, those all functionally fit in one version of an end times theology that's relatively new. And we'll talk about that later. But Paul's words need to be clear. You have no need to have anything written to you. Don't worry. If you're in Christ, you're not going to take the mark of the beast, right? If you're in Christ, you're not going to fall away during the tribulation. If you're in Christ, you will join those who have gone ahead of us and fallen asleep. You will join them because you're in the book of life. You're secure. Nice. Yeah, great way to, to wrap that up. And I think just to that statement, I love the statement when Jesus shows up after his resurrection and just tells his disciples, peace be with you. Yeah. Right? Be of peace. I did it. I did it for you. I did it in your place. It's yours. It's guaranteed. It's, I like the word you use. It's secure. Right? You have security. So we're going to end with that. Again, we'll continue with more questions. Every Tuesday we release a new episode. If you have questions you'd like us to answer, please send us an email questions at generations.email. Um, that doesn't go to some random place. That goes directly to Jeff and to myself, and we'll look through them and we'll add them to future episodes. Uh, may God bless you. May you be at peace this week knowing that you belong to him. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.